Welcome to C3 Church, Queens Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Good morning, my name is Dom. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, I'm one of the Young Adults Connect Group leaders here and also soon to be C3 College graduate. It's such a privilege to be sharing from the platform today and I'd just like to honour Pastor Nicole and Steve, just say thank you for your leadership and your guidance and also for this awesome opportunity today, so thank you. Uh, Along with running the Young Adults Connect group, I also have a full-time job working as a registered nurse. (laughs) I'm studying and I volunteer here at church and I've also recently started my own freelance business where I design and sell art projects. Um, So like most of you would agree, I consider life to be quite busy. Sometimes it feels like the analogy of a duck on a pond. Everything seems calm and collected above the surface, but beneath it all, little legs are kicking just to stay afloat, and I do sometimes feel that way. But, you know, life is sometimes tough and overwhelmingly busy, and it can be difficult to try and give your best in all aspects of life when you feel stretched to your limit and almost burnt out. This has been a reality that I've experienced over the last few years, but it's also something that I've found victory in. (laughs) See, throughout my journey, I've had to rely on God for rest and restoration, and this has been the key in keeping me afloat. So I'd like to share about that today. (laughs) Uh, Firstly, let's talk about self-care. So according to the world, self-care is the remedy for stress management and the key to avoiding burnout. It is this idea of first taking care of yourself before you can take care of anyone else. Quite often it involves doing some relaxing activities to try and restore your physical, mental and emotional health. But let's look at these three pictures. It'll be coming up soon. So that first one there. You can't pour from an empty cup. Take care of yourself first. And then the second image, as you can see, is a plant watering itself, saying take care of yourself. And lastly, you wouldn't let this happen to your phone. Don't let it happen to you either. Self-care is a priority, not a luxury. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But what I don't understand is how does an empty cup fill itself? How does a thirsty plant water itself? How does a flat battery recharge itself? See, it can't. In each one of these situations, there's an external source that's required to do that refilling, to do the watering, and to do the recharging. Without this external force, it's still an empty cup, it's still a thirsty plant, and it's still a flat battery. A person might be able to rest their physical bodies and switch off their minds by partaking in any of these self-suggested self-care activities, which will come up soon. (laughs) But the most complex part of the human body, the soul, which is the living and breathing and conscious part of the body can only be restored by the one who created it. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. So how do we position ourselves for God to restore our souls? Well, firstly, the Lord is my shepherd. The metaphor of a shepherd and his flock is used throughout the Bible and it describes the relationship between Jesus and humanity. 
It is figurative of God's care towards us. The duties of a shepherd are to lead, to feed and water the flock, to protect and guard them, to guide them, and to act as a physician to the sick and injured sheep. But the most significant part of this verse is David's ownership of God as his shepherd. Note that he says, the Lord is my shepherd, not a shepherd, not the shepherd, but my shepherd. To accept and proclaim Jesus as our shepherd, there needs to first be a surrender that we are like sheep, which means in our own strength, we're feeble and defenseless creatures. We must rely and trust on God as our shepherd to care for us and to care for our souls. Secondly, the passage continues. I shall not want. He makes me to lay down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. This verse signifies another important role of the shepherd, which is to tend to the needs of the sheep so that they can rest. Author Philip Keller explains in one of his books that sheep do not lay down easily and will not unless four conditions are met. Firstly, because they are timid, they will not lay down if they are afraid. See, as humans, we are vulnerable to anxiety, stress and worry. But God says, do not fear, for I am with you. And Simon will touch on that a bit later on as well. Secondly, because sheep are social, they will not lay down if there is friction among them. It's so easy to cast blame on others when you're feeling overwhelmed and stressed, don't you reckon? But see, this causes friction in our relationships. But as Christians, we are called to live in peace and in unity with one another. Thirdly, if flies or parasites trouble the sheep, they will not lay down. See, the enemy likes to taunt us and distract us with temptation to get us to fall into sin. And this keeps us from focusing on God. And lastly, if sheep are anxious about food or hungry, they will not lay down. The Bible says, who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? Just as a shepherd provides food for his flock, so God provides for our needs as well. Rest comes to the sheep because the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies and famine. We experience rest when we allow God to take care of the underlying stress and trouble of, world, of our worlds. We find rest in the presence of our shepherd because we can trust and know that he is working behind the scenes, taking care of our needs and providing the correct condition for us to be able to rest and be restored. See, he knows our needs and he provides for them. Psalm 23 verse 2 to 3 in the Passion Translation reads this. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace the quiet brooks of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. Other translations also say, you let me catch my breath and he renews my strength. Doesn't that sound lovely? <laughs> See, this brings us to the last principle. He restores my soul. Restoration of the soul is not something that can be accomplished through an act of self-care. See, it's an act of soul care that needs to take place. And this can only be accomplished by a supernatural God. He repairs what is broken, replenishes what is running dry, and he refuels our strength and energy. Positioning yourself to be restored by God doesn't have to be a difficult task. 
So God is always waiting, arms wide open, for us to meet him. Spending time in God's presence is the key to allowing him to restore you. This can look different for everyone. It can be soaking in worship. It can be spending time in prayer, reading the Bible. It can be meditating on the word of God and spending time in fellowship by coming to church or connect groups. So it's important to be intentional about those daily moments with God. This allows us to operate in his strength from the get-go, not just when we are running low. This could look like waking up 10 minutes earlier to read the Bible. It may be as simple as turning off the radio and listening to worship music or even a podcast of a sermon or even an audio Bible on your way to work. See, maybe even open your Bible or Bible app before checking Facebook or the newspaper. People still read newspapers, right? See, God wants us at our best, not only when serving at church on a Sunday, but when we are living our day-to-day lives throughout the week. Our mandate as Christians is to love God and love others and to shine God's love. This is our ministry to the world, but we can't do this well in our own strength. We need God's restoration and for him to fill us afresh each day. So, I've got a little analogy here for you. I love analogies. Hmm? Ooh, okay, apparently I'm going up on stage. Ooh, hello, hello, hello. Cool. I feel very tall now. See, consider these jars an example of us. So this jar with the yellow water, I know it looks a bit sinister, but anyway. (laughs) The jar with the yellow water represents someone who's running quite low on energy. See, I would say this is someone who practices self-care and they're saying, look, my energy levels are quite low. So because of that, this person will be quite stingy when they're pouring into other people's lives. Because if you look at the amount of energy in there, they don't really have enough for all of these cups. So they're being really stingy. They might even decide, mm, I don't want to give that person my energy today. <laughs> and see, these little cups represent every area of our lives, be that work, church, family, whatever area that requires your daily attention and you pouring into that. So if I'm running low, I'm going to be so stingy with my time and my effort. But this blue jar here represents someone who knows that every day they can get refilled by God. And this is the water of living life (laughs) that flows through us every day when you spend that time in God's presence. And so look what happens when out of abundance, I am flowing into these areas. See, it's taking over and out of abundance, that energy, that restoration is now flowing onto those in my life as well. And that is what can happen when we get filled by God every single day. See, to find restoration in a really stressful life is not an act of self-care. It's an act of soul care. He restores my soul. Thank you. Welcome up, Simon. Thank you. Just be a second. Thank you, Dom. 
Psalm 23 verses 3 to 4 goes on to say, He restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He refreshes my soul. He comforts me. Even in the darkest times, he leads me. Today we're talking about the concept of soul care, of soul refreshing and soul restoration. When everything's working well, everything rolls like clockwork. Yes, the kids get themselves ready for school. <laughs> you know that work comes in at the right pace. And when I get home, I'm looking forward to the smiles and laughter as I walk in the door at 5 p.m. Conflict patters out all on its own. The floor and the walkways are clear. <laughs> the washing is prepared, even color-coded. What, you guys don't do that? Okay. <laughs> We're putting it out on the line together. The rain holds off until the wind does its job in adding that perfect freshness. Perhaps your oldest has voluntarily cleaned their room without you asking. <laughs> Dinner arrives on the table. I'm in trouble with this one. It's cooked itself. <laughs> and my lips are salivating. Yeah, right. What? You've seen my house. Yeah, that's the one that looks lived in. Reality is different. I don't know about your experiences, but I don't always get life right. When I can find myself a little lost, I know times where I found myself frustrated, in survival mode, reactive, barricaded behind the kitchen bench, and hiding behind the dishes, and maybe even making strange noises. Sometimes you just need to catch your breath and look at things. You might find yourselves even turning on others. Things can get harder. If I'm not careful, I can find myself feeling distressed, fearful, angry, resentful, depressed, lost, confused, broken, hurt. Where did things stop working? It's at those points when I realize that I need a mediator, mentor, and a coach in the room. Getting through life requires a knowing. A knowing for now, and a knowing for the seasons in our lives. Interestingly enough, that's exactly the role that God, our great shepherd, provides. God is our perfect guide. God has established this reputation and has shown that he is committed 
to providing quality servant leadership. As our great shepherd, he really understands what's going on for us. He knows our season, what we're facing. He's fully aware of the paths in front of us. Both the joys, the opportunities, and the trials. And he's fully wanting and available to guide you. I had one of those shadow seasons in my life that went on for a long time. But in the midst of it, I discovered God. And it became a turning point in my life. I had to watch my mother when she slipped into a terrible depression, the worst of which lasted about seven years of difficult choices. I had to sit beside her and fight for her life. Sometimes the battles appeared lost and there were many suicide attempts and even attacks on her very life by another. I unknowingly slipped into anxiety and depression and never knew what had hit me. It was during those moments where I was desperate that I found the consolation that God brings. Before then, God existed for me, but I didn't really get to know him until I turned to him. I begged him and I invited him into my life. And true to his word, I found that comfort, strength and restoration that David speaks of in the psalm that we've just read. The first thing I did was express my honest truth, my vulnerability. I didn't know how to fight this fight on my own and I needed his help. I asked him to speak to me and show me who he is. And I tested him in this. I asked him to speak to me from his word. From that point, he led me on a journey to show me how relying on him would help not only me, but my family too. I'm not saying that everything changed, but everything did change because I shifted. When I laid out my heart before him, God gave me a consolation. He gave me peace, a rock to lean on. Not just for then, but in many difficult moments. When the Spirit speaks, you learn to see life differently. You begin to see it as it truly is. Secondly, I began to read the Bible and let revelation of God and his ways kick into my heart and mind. This allowed me to have a security and a direction that I didn't even realize was available for me. I started to feel led. Letting myself become immersed in his word, finding that reflecting in these quiet moments would help me realize the kindness of the shepherd of my soul. His patient prompting and introducing of needed truth would cause me to get down on my knees and pray, to cry 
to admit my mistakes or to just listen and make trusting changes. I realized that God, as a shepherd, protected me and led me one step at a time when I felt life was washing me away. Hearing his voice speak to me gave me consolation, as did his constant presence. God patiently, as the artist or restorer, carefully chipped away at those old dead parts and gave me new life and new being. At this time, there was a third thing that happened and set, that set me on the path to restoring my soul. I realized that a friend of mine, without ever saying a thing, was a Christian. There was some unsaid thing in his life that just showed me who he was and whose he was. The first thing I asked him was, can you take me to church? Well, I knew that I had to get connected to God in every way possible. And that meant connecting with his family and living in his family, being shaped by all that family brings, has helped lead me to where I am today. I will never forget this season in my life when my world shifted and God came alive to me. Being open before God, listening to him, reading his word, living life with his family, gave me and gives me bearings and an anchor from which I can navigate life. I will say this, God proved faithful. He helped me and he helped my mother and he helped me to help my mother. She's alive. She turned in the midst of that time back towards God and she continues to inspire me on a daily basis. Whoever said that broken souls can't heal and help others? We all have life's cracks, which God heals. He made both of us better and stronger than what we were. He guides us through our moments, both the difficult and the joys. I've realized that in my difficult experiences, it's given me amazing insights and new empathy and led to new joys. True to the psalmist, through the darkest valley, he's been with me, ready to guide, strengthen and restore. God's been there for me in every circumstance of my life. He carries me at times, redirects me, pulls me up and patiently leads me in others. He put me and my family back together. And I can say honestly that he's the glue that gets us through hard times. You might hear this story and say, well, it's still tough for me, Simon. I'm saying to you, it's still tough for me too. Life changes and stories don't remain the same. My story has changed and is still changing. But I realize 
that I walk with God through my story now. He shepherds me. Sometimes that means correction and realignment. And sometimes, like a stupid sheep, my stubbornness still puts me into situations. I've learned that I have to remember to check in with God before jumping in. I'm to watch what he's doing. I'm more willing to take moments to look at God and ask, what do you want? What's your best vision for me and us? You've got a clearer view of this. In my experience, I find that God's leadership and his patient redirection takes me through to better places, to places of comfort, confidence, peace, and refreshing. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Wow. Can we, yes, can we thank Dom and Simon again? Uh, Fabulous. Thank you for sharing your insights, uh, your revelation with us on Psalm 23. An incredible psalm, right? And I know you already uh, have received so much. Well, we've heard about Psalm 23 giving us this image of God as the shepherd, uh, my shepherd, your shepherd, it's personal. And in verse 5 and 6, we see another image presented, the banquet table. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) That just fills me with such joy. God is inviting you to come and dine with him, to sit and spend time with him at his banquet table, to partake in a delicious feast that he has lovingly prepared for you as his honoured guest. And if we really stop to think about that beyond a surface thought, that's pretty incredible. The maker of heaven and earth has personally prepared a place for you to come and feast with him. And this is a feast that truly satisfies. It lifts burdens and it restores the soul. I shall not want. Other translations, I lack nothing because he is our provider. For some here today, I sense that that you find this imagery difficult to personalise. You find it hard to accept that the creator of the universe would personally prepare a feast for you. You know, maybe it's sin, uh, shame, guilt. It could be any number of things that has created the sense of you feeling unworthy to receive God's love and care. And if you're in that place today, uh, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad, but I want to remind you that God isn't afraid of your mess. He is not afraid of your mess. And He extends this invite for you to join Him at the banquet table because He knows that He can restore your soul far above and beyond your greatest pain, sin, struggle, or insecurity. Are you with me in the house this morning? God is good. He is our provider. And you know, I think that's why David writes, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. David understood that following God, you know, being a Christian doesn't mean you escape pain or hardship. And just like David did throughout his life, you and I face enemies today. These might be enemies of sickness. 
like what Simon shared about depression and anxiety, enemies of false accusation, discontentment, anger, addiction, joblessness, just to name a few. You know, from season to season, we face different challenges, different enemies. But one thing that is not different, God is still our shepherd. He still provides for us. He continually, day by day, prepares the table for us. God is the one who restores our soul. And it happens in the presence of our enemies. Not when we have it all together, but in the presence of our enemies. And so when you join God at the banquet table, when you spend time in His presence, you will find yourself focusing more on His goodness and His provision and His blessing rather than the attempts of the enemy to take you down, take you out. The circumstance may not change. The enemy might still surround you, but your perspective changes because your focus is on the one who helps you find rest, faith and strength in the midst of those enemies. And so whatever the enemy that surrounds you today, you have the opportunity to say yes to the invitation to sit with your shepherd at his table and enjoy the feast of his presence as he restores your soul. Come on. At his table, we are not rushed. Thank goodness for that. This is not McDonald's. It's not the McDonald's drive-through. We're not having a quick takeaway meal. When we sit and eat at the dinner table with our family and our friends, we rest. You know, we enjoy the company of those we are, left, we are with, unless we don't like them, in which case that could be some very awkward dinner conversation. But, you know, we aren't facing outward looking at what's around us. We're facing one another, enjoying each other's company. In my family growing up, we had uh, family lunches most Sundays, and I loved, I loved this. I loved when, when it was family lunch on a Sunday, uh, partly because of the food, <laughs> uh, but I loved it because I knew it meant quality time with my family where we didn't have to rush, uh, but we could enjoy being in one another's presence. And so just like my family spent time preparing uh, these delicious Sunday lunches, I'm just salivating thinking about it right now, uh, God has taken the time to prepare a feast for us to enjoy. And it is right and it's good uh, that we would come and sit at His table, that we would spend intentional, uninterrupted moments with Him, receiving spiritual food that nourishes our soul. You know, His provision gives us time to take that breath. To be restored, revived, and refreshed in our souls. As we join God at the table, our focus shifts from our enemies to the one who is sovereign over those enemies. The second part of verse 5 in the Passion Translation says this You anoint me with the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. As followers of Jesus, we receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this anointing restores our soul, not just a little bit, not a small portion that only lasts for a moment, but so much of it, all we can drink until our heart overflows. And this overflowing is what we can then take into our workplaces, into our marriages, our friendships, our church, our community, 
our workplaces. We carry the fragrance of the Holy Spirit, being attracted to those who don't know Jesus or who have questions about faith. Uh, the other week, I was sitting in my office at one of my schools, and uh, my office door was open as it usually is, and uh, a staff member, we'll call her Rachel, Rachel came and sat down uh, in the couch opposite my desk and just started chatting to me. I, oh, okay, we're having a conversation. Excellent. And so we started talking, and I don't know how we got onto it, but she started asking me questions about why I had come to Perth. She knew I was from New Zealand and she was asking me questions and I got to share with her a bit about how I felt God had called me to Perth and and share about my faith in that and that led to more uh, conversation because she's agnostic and uh, she's got a partner who's been really hurt in the church and so it was really fascinating conversation Uh, but you know it was interesting because she didn't just walk past my office and go oh hello and an opportune just pop in it was I actually watched her she intentionally walked into my office and sat down And so that's got nothing to do with me. I believe that's the Holy Spirit. You know, there's a fragrance that's coming out and people are drawn to that. They're attracted to that. And the other key is that I was... I was interruptible in that moment. I allowed myself to enter into that conversation. I could have said, I'm too busy right now. Can you come back later? But I decided to engage in that conversation. And so you are anointed by the Holy Spirit to be able to share uh, His love and His message of uh, faithfulness and hope into your place of influence. Surely, verse 6, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I'm going to get get it right, Simon and Dom, to come up and help me with this. I'll give one to you. We'll go on the stage, I think, so we can actually be seen. That might help us. So we'll just, uh, so surely his goodness and love will follow me. So as you can see, we're in high order, right? So we we worked this out. Uh, So... You know, his goodness and love is there with me on the days when things are going well, when you're getting all the wins, you know, the washing's done, the assignments are submitted, you've made dinner that all your children are enjoying without complaining. That must be amazing. I'm not a parent, but I could imagine that would be incredible, having gone on with many children with ca- at camp. And uh, so it's there for us on those days when things are going well. Uh, his goodness and love also follows us on days when things aren't going so well. You know, when when that sickness you're battling just seems to be overwhelming, when you just seem to be uh, making uncharacteristic mistakes perhaps in your work or, you know, you're having conflict with your spouse or with a friend or when you leave your laptop at Pilates, uh, which I may or may not have done during the week and then you couldn't get it until the next day and all your work's on that laptop and so I may or may not have been saying, the Lord is my shepherd, (laughs) I shall not want, he makes me lie down by green pastures. And so the point is that his goodness and love is there through it all. It's there through it all. You know, on the days when things are good and on the days when it's not so good. Thank you, uh, Simon and Dom. You can uh, have a seat, yes? So just like the Holy Spirit, you know, His goodness and love will never abandon us or neglect to meet our innermost needs. But it's also up to us to choose to uh, receive and accept His goodness and love. You know, we are a part of this process. He won't force his love and goodness upon us, but it's there if we choose to access it. And so Dom talked a bit about that, you know, reading the word, prayer, worship, turning on that worship music in your house, wherever you are, uh, you know, coming to church, you know, coming to our prayer meetings that we have once a month, all those sorts of things. This helps us to be in a position where we can receive his goodness and his love. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That is an incredible 
Oh, you could just talk about that all day. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. An incredible uh, verse. It's good to be in His house. You know, I love being in the house of God. I love our church family. I love gathering with you every Sunday uh, because when we worship together and hear His Word and as we share in each other's burdens and celebrate each other's victories, uh, you know, as we eat and pray together and, and just fellowship with one another, He restores our soul. We experience refreshing in the house of God. The house of God is a place to to be planted so we can grow our faith and we can discover and fulfill our God-given purpose. Uh, I certainly want to be there. This verse speaks also to the eternal promise that one day we will be with God in heaven, worshipping Him face to face forever. Can I have the band up, please? You know, do you have the assurance that one day you will be with God in heaven? Is this eternal promise something that is personal for you? Psalm 23 speaks of many promises, doesn't it? We've looked at those today. Restoration of our souls, comfort in difficult times, abundant provisions, strength, anointing, eternal life. But these promises are for those who know God, for those who have said yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you are here today and you haven't made that decision, I want to give you that opportunity. Or perhaps you did a long time ago, but if you're being honest, you, you don't feel confident about where you stand with God today. I want to give you this opportunity to respond to that gift of salvation offered through Jesus. Because the restoration of our souls, it starts with Jesus. It starts with salvation. You know, our sin separated us from God. But he sent his son Jesus to pay the price that we couldn't because of our brokenness. Jesus gave his life on the cross, taking our sin upon himself. He was buried and three days later raised from the dead. He defeated sin and death. Are there any believers in the house this morning? He defeated sin and death. And so now through relationship with him, we are given new life, a soul restoring new life. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.